G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It has been an interesting month this month of September because we've had some reflection this month on three of those Old Testament biblical feasts that are celebrated on the Jewish calendar and reflecting on what they might mean for Christians as we look at what's coming in the end of the age. We're back today to talk about the third of the feasts that happens in September with Pastor Enoch Lavender. He's made Hebrew and Jewish studies his focus. He writes articles about current events. He's pastoral leader of Shalom Israel and serves on the board of Teach All Nations, the ministry of Dr. Camille Majdali. Pastor Enoch, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's uh, good to be here again. Enoch, we covered the Feast of Trumpets and uh, just a short while ago, of course, the Day of Atonement. Let's talk about what we might even say is the culmination, the Feast of Tabernacles. Give us some insights into what happens at the Feast of Tabernacles coming up September 21st through the 27th. So the biblical commandment regarding this day that was given to the Jewish people is that they are to rejoice in a seven-day celebration and then to include everyone in their community for this time of rejoicing, rejoicing in the harvest, rejoicing in God's provision, rejoicing in God's goodness. And the Jewish community then took this commandment to rejoice very, very literally. So they described during the days of the temple that their eyes saw no sleep during this entire week because the celebrations, the festivities, the joy, the laughter, the singing, the praising to God would just be non-stop in the temple, seven days. They, they even say in their own writings that one who did not see the joy of this celebration had not experienced true joy in their life. So all of Israel will be commanded to come to the temple at this time to celebrate before God's presence. And there will be... They'll be singing songs from the Psalms. They'll be celebrating. Some will be flowing torches and juggling with torches. It will be just a very dramatic but amazing scene in the temple. And the light coming from the temple would literally fill up and be seen from afar, fill the countryside all around as giant candlesticks were lit up to light up the temple and to light up the whole area around. So it was a very special and unique time in their celebration and so much joy coming out of this in huge contrast to the very sobering message of repentance that we heard just in the previous celebration. Enoch, we know that a tabernacle actually is a tent do people in modern Israel uh, still actually take that very literally and uh, live in tents uh, for the extent of the seven days, or is it more symbolic these days? Uh, it is taken very literally. Uh, the um, 
the the way it is interpreted is that you you should be staying outdoors in a a flimsy um, flimsy protection. So like a little hut, uh, not necessarily a tent. It should have some walls, but it would have like a bit of lattice over the lattice work over the ceiling. So you, you can see the stars as you're sleeping there and you're, you're praying. It's not going to rain because the water will come straight through. But everyone is then spending time outdoors in these small, well, they call them booths or tabernacles. Uh, and uh, it's it's a time then of really rejoicing before God. So um, it, it is taken very literally, and the community loves to do it. It's it's a lot of fun for young and old. What about this idea of being joyful, being the central feature of the celebration? Does that mean uh, everyone puts their misery aside for that week, or? Do people in their own hearts, in their own lives, prepare to put aside all of those things that might make you pretty grumpy and you're actually going to be determined to be joyful during that time? I mean, can you can you legislate that? Can you say you're not allowed to be upset or miserable? You've got to be joyful? That's a great question, uh, Neil. And, um, uh, and actually during one of Israel's hardest times, the Holocaust, that was the question that was debated in the concentration camps, saying how are we to keep this commandment, how are we to rejoice even right now in this time, in this time of suffering, in this time of hardship, in this time where they themselves have lost loved ones, how can they celebrate, how can they be happy? Yet the central command is to rejoice in this feast, to rejoice in this time, and my understanding, and also that of many rabbis, is that it is a picture of the joy that is to come, that there is coming a day when every tear will be wiped away. There is coming a day when the suffering will be over, when we'll be able to rejoice in God's presence. And so there is then the opportunity to, to prefigure that, even in the midst of our own misery or complaining or whatever we are struggling with, it's a time to actually look forward to the joy that is yet to come. It says of Jesus that he endured the cross for the sake of the joy that was set before him. He saw the joy that was coming and he endured. And perhaps this is one thing that has helped Jewish people, even in the midst of their suffering, to believe that one day God himself will come he will dwell and tabernacle among his people, and there will be a time of joy the world has never seen before. God is a God who has ordained joy. He is not a grumpy, sad God. He is a God who enjoys celebration and laughter and joy. And this is a picture of the joy yet to come in his presence in eternity. Enoch, it's all very well to talk about the religious life of the Jewish people, but as a Christian or someone that the biblical definition would say you're a Gentile, and perhaps most people listening to our conversation today are Gentiles, and we say, well, we're not Jewish, we're Gentiles. How do Gentiles, Christians, relate to this feast? So I think there's two levels we can relate to it. So firstly, it shows us the progress in these feasts 
of going through repentance in terms of the Feast of Trumpets, restoration to God in terms of the Day of Atonement, and leading to a time of rejoicing. Now, we all want joy. We all want to experience that. But it comes through a process of saying, God, firstly, please forgive me where I have sinned. And as we come to God, as we pour out our hearts before him in that humble way, we can be led by him into a time of joy. So there is a personal aspect and a personal application. But there's also, I believe, a greater application that relates to the end of days. Because the, the book of uh, Zechariah talks about a day when the nations will come, uh, come and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. And that hasn't happened. It's something for the future. And the focus of this celebration for the Jewish people has always included an aspect of the Gentile nation. Now, I'll try to explain in a very quick nutshell. They were given commandments on, during these seven days of celebration to sacrifice 70 bulls. And the number 70 for the Jewish people and also in the Bible specifically is related to the nations. So we read about the sons of Noah. There are 70 of them. And from there we get all the nations today. And so when you see the number 70 in the Bible, it prefigures all the nations of the world. So during this time of celebration, during this time of rejoicing, there are all these sacrifices happening on behalf of the nations. Now, Israel was called to be a, a holy priesthood to God. They were called to be priests to him. Yet they fell. They fell away from their role. They fell away from their part. But there's coming a day and they will be restored. And I believe that relates to the Day of Atonement that we've spoken about, this day of them humbly calling out to God. And as they are restored, suddenly they enter into a time of joy and a time of giving sacrifices on behalf of the nations, praying for the nations to be restored to God. Because true joy comes in heaven as people repent, as people turn to him. And so this joy of this celebration, I believe, relates to the world all of us coming back to God and the nations entering into his presence and him dwelling among his people. So that's my very big picture view of this very unique time of rejoicing on the Jewish calendar. Well, a feast that is coming up on the Jewish calendar, September 21st through the 27th. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles, also called Sukkot, S-U-K-K-O-T. And fascinating for Christians to understand some of the deeper meaning when these festivals that come out of our Old Testament are still continued to be celebrated today. So the Feast of Tabernacles at the centre of God's future kingdom on earth, a feast that also points to the Israelites in a time when God would again tabernacle or pitch his tent with his people in the future. Well, you might want to know some more about the Feast of Tabernacles. Let me point you to the website of our guest, Pastor Enoch Lavender. 
pastorenoch.com.au. That's pastorenoch.com.au. There's also resources you can get from Pastor Enoch in the Vision Store at vision.org.au. Teaching articles on Pastor Enoch's website at pastorenoch.com.au. Enoch leads Shalom Israel and serves on the board of Teach All Nations, the ministry of Dr. Camille Majdali. Enoch, it's been fascinating looking at these feasts this year. Thanks so much for updating us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, for having me. It's been a real privilege. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 